0: What's up guys it's law in the limelight i'm Winton yates alongside my good friends legal colleagues my buddies my cohorts whatever you want to call them max max haas and peter speroni today it's not just us three attorneys talking at you about stuff that we feel like you need to know today we actually have someone with us that is going to talk to you from experience because she's amazing and she has done so much in the arts and entertainment industries Uh, we thought we'd just bring somebody in today to talk to you about her experiences and teach you something, you know, from experience. So, she's a dancer, she's a choreographer for some of the biggest icons in the music industry, like Nicki Minaj, she's a singer, she's a business owner, she's an influencer with millions of followers online. Her list of accomplishments in the industry are are endless. Aaliyah, Janelle, thank you for giving us some of your time this morning.
1: Oh my God, that intro. I'm like, I did all that shit. <laughs>
0: and more.
1: I'm I know I,
0: I missed a lot, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, no, that was pretty much it. Thank you for that introduction. It's a pleasure to be here and talk to you guys.
0: No, we're very excited. As uh, attorneys, we don't often get a chance to talk to people in like mm-hmm. this open format conversation. It's usually us like teaching people in a very, very dry manner. But today we get to have right. some fun and like, talk about you and your experiences and what you've got. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to, I love always talking about my story and, and kind of just reflecting and going back and looking at the decisions that I've made, the mistakes and the better choices, all of that. So I'm excited.
0: So from the beginning, we, <clears throat> the beginning your career, of course, started show choir in high school. You're born and raised in LA. Um, yeah. So you've been around the industry uh, from a young age. And I can only imagine that like being in show choir, that gave you kind of an insight to the professionalism of the industry?
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I was, so honestly, I I guess I was always in the extracurricular activities. Um, I was definitely more in the arts rather than the ac- academics part of school. And it's what made school have a purpose for me. And I mean, I guess you can full on just call it like I just was meant to be a performer. I was meant to be an entertainer. And yes, like show choir was not just like, oh, something that my kid is doing, you know what I mean? After school, just really just for fun. Like, no, it was taken so seriously. There was competitions like this show choir. We had so much pride in what we did. You know what I mean? You had to audition you had to there was like so many rounds you can't just get in you know what i mean um and for and with with that there was like different levels of of you know what i mean the choir so there was like an intermediate uh all girls and intermediate boys and girls and then you know advance and the goal was to always get to the advance because the advance would always perform like the best songs would always have the best outfits would always you know go out of state out of the country and in school that's what you want to do you want to take those field trips get on a plane with your buddies and all of that so it was a it was um it was such an experience and i feel like that really has sculpted me into this to be able to you know be in the industry today so
0: and then going into college you were mass communications broadcasting um,
1: yeah we have that I, in
0: common i was mass common in, in broadcast yeah
1: but you know what every time my every time tally my fiance says that i'm like i almost don't want to even take that credit because most of the time i was dancing anyway like i kind of just did that to make my parents happy because you know the normal thing to do from high school is to go straight to college and to, to kind of like continue that you know what i mean and <laughs> I feel like I really didn't even do it because I was only in school for like two years. And then I, you know, went ahead and started my career, which is what I wanted to do anyway. But I really feel like I didn't dive in the way that I should have. So
0: what was the first thing you booked?
1: So the first thing I ever booked was the BET Awards with K Michelle. Um, That was, damn, I, I don't even know if I could remember the year. I think like 2013, 2013 maybe 2014, somewhere around there. But after that, I feel like my career just rolled. Like one, it only takes one choreographer to kind of give you that chance to take you seriously. And then, you know, it's that one chance for you to like exceed their expectations. Once when one choreographer loves you, then everybody's like, wait, who did did that guy hire? Who did so-and-so hire? Ooh, I want a fresh face. Ooh, she's new, like, you know what I mean? So after that, I was like, why school? Don't have time for it. Just going to keep going. <laughs> Sorry, Mom, but I'm making money now. So
0: <laughs> so I imagine from high school to college, this is what you love doing dance, being arts and performing in the industry. This is your passion and your love. Yeah. At at any point, were you thinking? I'm sure that other artists in the Max and Peter can speak to this. We know other artists that, you know, they knew what they wanted to do from the beginning. They want to do art. That's what they love doing. At any point in that transition from it being just your passion to now your passion and your career, in that beginning Mm -hmm. stage, were you ever thinking about the business side of it or were you just wanting to do art?
1: I was just wanting to do art. I feel like the only business the only business idea that came from that or the business thought is how much money am I going to be making? Okay, I'm, I'm making, but it doesn't. It's, it wasn't even how much. It wasn't even like what makes sense. It wasn't even like how much to match the workload that I'm offering or whatever the situation. Are we looking at sag after rates? Are we going by just whatever you want, whatever you think is, you know what I mean? Whatever you think makes sense. It's like, it wasn't even any of those things. It's just, am I getting paid? Cool hundred dollars amazing and at this time you know at like 19 8, 8, 18 19 i'm like any money is great because i just went from four years of you know being in high school and doing all of this for nothing so yeah
0: do you remember the first time you were okay. presented with like a contract or an agreement and you looked at it do you remember what that experience in your mind was like
1: oh my gosh um damn i don't even
0: so it just brought to mind, like when you said SAG after. I know there's a lot of artists, entertainers, actors, dancers that wouldn't even know what that means—the Screen Actors Guild. And if that came up, if somebody reached out to them and was like, "Hey, do you want to do SAG after rates?" They're gonna be like, "Huh? What? Do what?"
1: All I remember, all I remember is like, if it was a SAG after job, if you got SAG rates, that's just what it is. If you got SAG rates, then it's good. Do it. And, and and then and then like learning the difference between non-union and union. If it's a union job, oh, you get you get paid more. You must be real deal. If it's non-union, eh, you're just now getting started. Like it's almost like I feel like new dancers. We have well, first of all, I feel like we don't have a space to where we learn the business side of things, to look out for certain things, to know these terms, to know what we should be getting paid all of that, like we don't really know the logistics, we just wanna do it because it's so hard to get booked. So when we do get booked, we're not worried about all of that, we just want the experience, we want the exposure. So I guess, I mean, like saying that out loud now, both are very important and there's, I feel like we all have a certain mindset. I had this mindset of like it doesn't kind, it doesn't matter because I want to pay, I want to pay my dues. I want to, I want to have the struggling dancer story so that way when I do make it, it's like nobody can tell me anything because I went through that already. I've done many jobs for free when it shouldn't have been. I have given all of my time, my energy, you know, X, Y, and Z for nothing. So now, like. I've made it, I've passed that round. And that's what new dancers need to do now. That's what the new dancers are for. Let's just use your talent, you know? Uh, it's it's crazy going back to this, but to answer your question, I honestly don't remember my first contract and that probably tells you everything because I probably didn't look at it.
2: <laughs> I have a question for you. Yeah. When, when, did, when did like your approach to things start to shift? Like even if you can't remember when your first contract was, like when did you start saying, you know what, I need to really, I'm, I'm my own business now, I need to approach this in a different way. Was so. there like a moment that happened?
1: yeah, absolutely. I, it was it was in two thousand and seventeen where i'm ju- I was just now getting out of a friendship that was that lasted <clears throat> a friendship that lasted for about two or three years. and I was an assistant. A lot of people know my story to be, you know, beginning as an assistant, being like, amazing by someone's side, like right-hand man to another choreographer who was very successful. I think just going back really quick, I'm just like, wow, after high school, it's not about going to college. It's about actually doing the damn thing and making money because I've seen so many people successful, like with, money. I I mean, I don't know how much, but it's like, I see the car you're driving, I see the clothes that you have, I see the designer, this, the the designer that I see the lifestyle that you have. So it's like, wow, you can make a living out of this. So with that being said, um, you know, I followed this choreographer because very much, we all think that it's like that one person to give you that winning ticket or to just to give you that ticket period to like, to opening this you know pandora's box or whatever and having all of these connections <clears throat> so i gave all of my time to her and she actually presented me with some kind of agreement because she was going on maternal leave so it's like i want you my right hand man to take over this brand and i and still i i think honestly maybe that was my first contract i don't even know that was that was after my professional jobs and all of that but I don't know, to me this just seems so much more important because she was my friend. Um, But after that, going back to your question, um, I was like, why am I giving all of my time and energy and talent to another person's brand when I don't even think that this is a real friendship that I even want to be in? So let me start my own class because I've gained all of what I don't want to do from you know, being by her side, but you know what I won't do her. I won't do her like that. I actually learned a couple great things that I'm that I'm still taking on. So let me not say that. But you know, let me start my own class. Let me start my own world, my own environment where I'm not you know <clears throat> under somebody I don't have to answer to anyone. So right when I started my class in 2017 and you know, I was kind of growing at a pace where I never thought I would, you know i'm starting to get in, inquiries from different cities different countries from brands choreographers i'm like oh this is the real deal and thankfully i had my fiance at the time like you need to you know trademark your name because at this point i wanted my own entity i didn't want it to be like alia's class you know i don't know i think i just had this mindset that i really didn't even know i really didn't even know what it was but i was just like no i need to have my own name we need to brand that we need to wear it we need to you know people need to identify this as me and me as this and vice versa so 2017 when i started my class to answer your question sorry that was so drawn out but (laughs) having my own class
3: real quick on that just from the sort of creative aspect of doing your passion for a living I sort of will draw an analogy here between singers and singer songwriters. So you have, you know, some great singers in the world that, you know, are phenomenal on stage, but they sit in front of a piano or they sit in front of a guitar and they don't know how to write a song. At what point do you go from dancer? to realizing that you're taken under the wing of a choreographer or taken notice. And then you actually, throughout that process, realize, hold up, I could take it from here. I can actually choreograph. I can actually make the product itself. At what point did you Mm -hmm. get to that that level to say, this is your brand?
1: I, hmm. I, I guess, being sick of just where I was and just kind of, like, wanting my, my decision-making and it's a very interesting question. I think I just got to a point, like, after that two-year mark, I just, I got tired of being a yes man. I got tired of being that struggling dancer. I got tired of, you know, kind of like altering my decisions and altering what I wanted to do and adapting to what she wanted to do and what you know they wanted to do, I was tired of putting that on, oh, it's because I'm new. Oh, it's because I'm young. Oh, it's because <clears throat> you know this is what people know me as. Oh, it's because I owe it to her because she's the one who believes in me and this, that, and the other. Like I'm very, I have such a big heart and when somebody does something for me or when somebody believes in me, it's like I throw everything at them when not even thinking about myself and i guess i just it took me that long because two years although it, it, it may feel it may sound like oh that's not a long time being in it every single day it was a long freaking time and i think it just i think it just i just naturally it was just that natural progression that i needed for myself because it started to get boring quite frankly it started to get so like so basic and just like i wanted more adventure i wanted more of i just wanted a new challenge if you will and i think the challenge was doing something for myself and let's see if you can do it without the guidance let's see Mm -hmm. if you can do it without you know the expertise and the experience of somebody else that may that you know where her resume is maybe longer than yours you know, let's prove it to yourself that somebody new, this, you know, cute little black and Filipino girl can come in and take over.
4: Oh, well. we the world, we'll see you Tell me what you want from me. i sorry. The life that I live Just tell me what it is Cause I can make you feel How he never did As long as you keep it real And yeah, I know I'm young But I'm old enough I'ma stand in that pussy Have you folding up Face down, that's up Girl, you know what's up Eat it up, beat it up
3: Make your toes curl up I got no time to waste And no time to chase Gotta move at Christian's pace Hold it down at that point in time when you sort of, you know, sort of said I'll take it from here or I'll um I wanted to put the full creative process in there and have that sort of control over your career. I think it's important right now for the audiences. We've checked out these videos of course. Uh first off, the creativity and choreography is brilliant and beautiful and it is really unique to your style and what you're doing. So if you can talk a little yeah. bit and I welcome our audience to go ahead and check out her on YouTube which is millions I'm talking 20 30 million views even more on some videos correct me if I'm wrong I know that there's a yeah, really popular no. one with the Nicki Minaj stuff uh, and yeah. uh, if you can talk to a little bit about the experience of being um, sort of bringing the media into the chore- choreographer world in terms right. of classes I think that's a relatively new thing within the last maybe like 10 years or so you see the classes yeah. themselves being documented
1: and you know what? It's actually not a new thing. It's crazy because I feel like maybe my my era, my generation, whatever you want to call it, I feel like maybe we put it on the map just the, just a little bit because mm-hmm. I guess we just had the divine timing with, you know, artists artists coming to class and artists going to, or finally realizing that dancers are the ones that put your songs on. Like, people would not like your music if we didn't make it alive, if we Mm -hmm. didn't you know, put a visual to it. It's all about visuals now. It's not just about listening. You know what I mean? So I guess we were just a match. But no, they're they're all of the choreographers that I looked up to that I wish that I got to work with. They all have been doing class videos on YouTube, the groups, the solos that you guys, you know, have seen through, you know, my platform or whatever it is crazy and i think that's why some of the you know older generations kind of look down at us and it's like well we've been doing this we've been here we've you know x y and z but i guess for me um it's a surreal experience every time i look back at it and it's it's crazy i guess i just offered something different because, you know, a lot of people think heels dancing is just, you know, for the, you know, for exotic dancers or, you know, for burlesque showgirl dancers when it, but for me, I'm just like, no, we're just doing some plain hip hop, but we're in heels, you know, and <laughs> Love it. it, uh, you know, it. I am so proud of myself for even like taking that, and uh, even that's not new to be honest with you. That's not new. People dancing in heels and not exactly doing, you know, the ones that I listed. There has been plenty of people, but I guess there just is something just a little extra special in me. Um, and maybe it is because I decided to make it something, Queens and Lettos. Like, I was like. I don't want it. I don't want to call it just Aaliyah's heels class because I'm always about being different. I'm always about you know what's the world that I can tap into that people haven't you know what's the planet that people has have never been on before. You know that's Mm -hmm. kind of like where I am. And um, just a quick background story, you know, a lot of women came to my class, so I was like, I want them to feel like royalty. I want them to. I want them to not only learn choreography, but I want them to learn kind of like what I learned the past two, three years. And I, and I and I would never want them to be put in that position where they felt taken advantage of or they felt, you know, um, unappreciated. And, you know, so I want them to feel like royalty. I want them to feel important. I want them to feel like they're queens. Like, even if you're at a beginner level, an intermediate level, advanced level, whatever, I want you to feel like you're the one so you can really, like, shine, shine bright without having to worry about any of those things. And what are we wearing? We're wearing stilettos. So take out the stud and keep the lettos. So that's where I got queens and Lettos. And I think because of that, because of calling it something else, like what the heck is queens and Lettos when you say it? You know what I mean? Because of that, because of the message that I have, because of the stories that I have, I think that's what made my class different. And that's what kind of put it put class videos and all of that on the map because it just was something that has never been felt before. You know, mm-hmm. it's been seen before. It just hasn't been felt before. It's an experience. It's not just a class. You know what I mean? It's like a whole, it's an experience. You guys have to come.
0: Yeah, I, was, I, mean. I would love to come.
3: Watch. Yeah also as well maybe since three entertainment attorneys are here i think this pops up some good questions in regards to maybe a business relationship with those particular uh dance studios that you work with so in the background of some of them you have you know i think it just says full out stilettos in one of the back background and it's um it's lit up and stuff so is that you Bringing in your background set, or are you working within the props of that studio? And you have an arrangement with that studio where anything you film, that's your footage, and it's included in that price that you pay to film there.
1: Yeah, it's a set. None of none of what you see is my stuff. Okay, it's all the studios being smart because
3: it's high. It's it's high production. production it's yeah. the camera moves with you well it follows you through through the choreography it knows where you're gonna be i mean mm-hmm. it's it's a high quality so you you're paying for that experience that production value and then you keep the creation right
1: Mm-hmm. yeah that's okay. very interesting that you say that because i guess we never we do pay so usually you can you can take if you're a choreographer out here you can take two routes, you can either go to a studio where you just pay an hourly rate. And then you know what I mean, you take all of the money that you know, you gain from your students, whatever, or you can partner with partner with a studio, you have it for free, but they take a percentage of your ticket sales, you know what I mean? Um, Most of the time, I usually just pay the hourly rate. And then I just take everything, you know, from my students or whatever. Cause I think for, for me, at least, you know, that profit is way bigger. That, that, that chunk of money that I get is way bigger. But now that you say that, honestly, I'm not even thinking paying, paying, paying the studio's hourly rate. I shouldn't have to film anywhere that you tell me to your brand, your brand name shouldn't have to be there yeah. <laughs> because I'm paying you.
3: Right, and, and I then, never and, realized that and the other question here is on the monetization on your YouTube because obviously there's some great great funding that comes with a video that has 50 million hits on it and you have got quite a few that have millions and millions of hits so there's that monetization aspect of it right. where you're not you don't have a deal with the studios where you're you know showing their background their name of the studio in exchange for you know a royalty on that monetization what's yours is yours you pay up front and that's yours
1: Right.
3: Right. Okay. Interesting.
4: Exactly.
3: exactly. Oh, yeah.
0: So everything Peter is is asking. Uh, let's talk about that in regards to Queens and Lettos as the business. What were some of your biggest growing pains going from, OK, I'm going to start my own classes. I'm going to start offering these classes. People are going to pay to come take class with me to going on tour across the country, across the world yeah as if you are a music artist i i mean maybe it's something like you said that it probably existed but like outside of the dance world we are all looking at it like wow a dancer is like going on tour that's amazing
1: yeah and you know what it's 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 not even and you hit it right on the head it's like i went on tour as my own like, I was an artist. Like, I was a singing artist. Right. at this point, I was not doing music. It was literally just dance. So, I went on a performance tour, I guess, where people would actually, like, pay their tickets, come to, you know, go to a venue, and they would watch me perform, and my and my Queens, they would watch us perform all of the viral combos, you know, on YouTube. And I guess, being a Queens and Lettos fan, or an Aaliyah Janelle fan, I, I bet, like, that was just so it was it was wow <laughs> it was like never even heard of and it's crazy because everybody was like i'm sorry I'm, I'm confused is this class are we are we dancing should i dance should i should i wear you know like my workout stuff or should i bring my heels and i would always have to comment like no just come and enjoy just come and enjoy it's a show and it was a show of just like the whole queens and letles experience without you having to do anything um, but growing pains going you know, with that, since I'm already talking about it, man, I thought that we made so much money. I thought that this was like, this was it. We can do this every single year. We can do this, you know, left and right, and just go and have fun and live the tour life, get a tour bus, all of that. But when I saw that payback rate that I had to pay, you know, the people at the time that was representing this and and, and, and um, helping me with this, Oh my God! It was like a big slap in the face, cause oh, let me tell you, it was like new artists at a, at a like a record label or something. I was like steaks every night, uh, freaking black Lux, Ubers, um, five star hotels, just doing all of this while we're on tour, and then realizing, yo, you gotta <laughs> pay all of this back. Wait, so
0: let <laughs> yeah. wait, let's talk. Let's talk about that, cause I I thought this was something that like you guys were doing on your own. You were oh, actually no. functioning as a music artist when somebody was representing you. Yes. And they, and they recouped those costs.
1: Yes. Oh. Yes. And, and it was actually part, it's part of, it was part of me being like just, i you know, every time i talk business i'm always i just get so frustrated and it's just so stressful <laughs> i'm just like i don't want to make the like tell ask your cousin heard this
2: from artists like, before
1: i'm like can i just stay in the creative because thinking about how much is this going to be and then what we need to do and then profit and then this and then after taxes the, the, like it just i don't even want to do it anymore <laughs> i don't even want like let me just stay home let's keep it simple you know but for this like i would never turn this down i would never turn this opportunity down so yeah i didn't realize that none of this money none of my money came out up front because they were funding it and then you got to pay all that fruit back you know what i mean and i i it was a
3: this is why so the kind of... record labels do not care if rock stars destroy hotel rooms because right. the rock stars have to pay it back, not the <laughs> record labels.
1: And it makes so much sense now. <laughs> That's so why you don't much... get a stake. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, it makes so much sense. So it was then and only then when I realized that I needed to do this all by myself. I need to, you know, I need to cover the expenses, I need to break all of what needs to be paid for down. Down and kind of like have a projection of like how much how many how many students will be coming okay let's price that with you know the hotels and the ubers and how many people is coming so how many flights i'm gonna have to pay for da, 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 da. so that way when all is set and done it's coming it's going into my pocket and nobody else's you know So what
2: kind of representation did you have was it like a talent <laughs> agent was it a tour yeah. booking agent what yeah what of... it
1: was um it was. Block. No, no, no. It was. Um, they're called. I mean, I don't even know if they do this or not. Whatever. Full screen. I don't know if you guys know them, but it's called Full Screen. Um, and I guess they kind of are just. I guess yes, an agency where they represent, you know, like YouTube talent, um, you know social media creators, and they had a department where, and it's freaking genius, they had a department where they would take their talent on tour, cause it's like, duh, you want to meet your favorite YouTuber, you wanna meet your favorite TikToker, you wanna meet your favorite dancer at this point you know, and you want to have that whole experience of buying a ticket and having a signed poster and having a meet and greet and you waiting for them to come out on stage and do their stuff, whatever it is that they do. So, um, I mean, I really didn't fully under, I didn't really understand what they were at the time, but now looking back at it, yeah, they just represented social media creators. They had, they had their own merch department. You know what I mean? So I had my own merch that I was selling at this point. Like it was just, it was every social media creator's dream to be able, you know, to like work with these people that treated you like a celebrity. You know what I mean? And saw so did that. You value.
2: Sign, did you sign yeah. contracts and, and like did. you were like part of their remember. roster? And all did, of that. I did. did you,
0: did you read it? <laughs> that's a bigger
1: question. i don't even so everybody who's listening please do not make that mistake well okay then it brings part up of the reason end. we
2: have you here though right that's what i'm going to, to add people about, can yeah. learn from another from an, make a, a this successful I, i'm experience. sure
1: it looks so funny to all three of you guys <laughs> to listen to these stories count like over and over again of talent that don't look at their contracts like i'm sure it's like rule number one to all three of you to look at your very common but it brings me to this because i thought i was protected because i had a manager at this time and that's why talent has managers or you know um just representation agencies whatever you want to call it whatever you have at the time to look at those contracts for you so i placed my trust in my team at that time and i guess it was just something that you just forgot to tell me <laughs> you just didn't break it down at its best so where i could, so i could understand not to get the most expensive thing every time we're on the road so i mean i don't know i don't know where that fell short but i i was very much um coming up in a place where i'm where i just wanted somebody else to do it for me and i just placed my tr- i just placed my trust in you can to you, kind of look it over and let me know what it was
0: can you talk about the importance as an artist of asking questions because we get a lot of artists that will look at a look at a um a contract and say i don't really understand it but it's fine and it's like no ask me what you don't know so that I, so that i can explain it to you because right. we don't know what you don't know and you don't know what you don't know until you don't know what you don't know and then it's like it's like the friends episode you know what i mean like, know. Like, like, know that they know like what yeah. how important for you now looking back would it have been for you to just ask a simple question of like what does recoup mean what can be recouped and you know all of those answers could have been given. oh to
1: you. god yeah it it is so important especially when you have like i think for me I I'm very confident in what I offer. I'm very confident with in what I bring. I'm very confident in my baby in my own business. I I mean I it's even crazy to say it's my own business, but yeah, it is because I have made you know my whatever I I I've been successful throughout with with my own business, with my own class, with my own brand. You know what I mean? And I would just hate. I just I, I've seen it in movies. I've seen it in. You know tv shows whatever of like one person doing all of this greatness and then it actually being taken away because it's not even theirs mm-hmm. because they didn't trademark or they didn't you know what i'm saying they're not a hundred percent owner or you know uh me and tally we watch um we i don't know if you guys have seen succession the tv the the series have you guys seen no. it? Oh, uh-uh. no yet. So good, but you know, just that's a different, that's a different time. When you, you and I will talk about it with <laughs> okay. Yeah, but it's, I've just learned the importance of like, uh, the stocks and shares and how many people, you know, own, own this. And then if you give away this, it's not yours anymore. Like, I don't really know, like legal terms. So I'm just, I'm literally just explaining it as if, you know, I was talking to just a person that doesn't know legal terms but you know i just going back i just would hate for me to create this whole thing queens and Leto's. oh my god everybody knows it everybody loves it big fans like millions and millions of followers only to find out that it's not mine like i would die you know and so when i look at these contracts and when i sign with different agencies or different managers it's like it it, it needs to be said that no matter how much help you're getting from these people, you own your business. You are the creator. You are the one who started this. Like you are the one who built this. You are hiring these people to come and help you and you pay them however much the percentage, whatever the situation is, but it needs to be like, it needs to be set in stone that they're not taking anything. And I dealt with that firsthand where someone actually tried to take 20% of my business and I didn't understand that and had, you know, Tally and my fiance and his family, you know, not kind of like dig into this for me, that person out there would still have 20% of Queens and Leto, so it's, I just don't know who I'm signing. Like literally I feel like everybody needs to treat a contract as if they're about to sign their life away. And you need to know every single thing that is on there, every term, every bullet point, whatever the situation is, you have to understand what it is that you're signing because you, your signature and your consent is so valuable, the most valuable thing. So anybody who is listening, please take it from me. You are so valuable. And there's just so many ways for people to kind of just like move things around and play chess and just, you know, kind of screw you over in a sense. So.
2: Well, another thing that we tell artists pretty often that I think is, is not always obvious to artists who are unfamiliar with contracts is that you can negotiate, right? Like when someone puts a contract down in front of you, you don't have to accept it as is, especially when you're coming with something really valuable. Like you already have this strong brand, this strong product. Yeah. And so in that sort of situation, you know, what you said is absolutely true. You absolutely need to know everything that's in there first. But then you can look at, oh, I don't like how this section reads. I'd like to change that. And artists have a lot more power to do that than I think they realize in a lot of these situations. Like, yeah, these companies are booking your tours for you and they're getting the music out and whatnot. But they would not be able to do it without (laughs) a great product.
1: Right. And I literally make that face because I'm that type to be. I'm so scared of negotiating. I (laughs) am. so
2: you and lots of other artists
1: (laughs) like if we if we rebuttal or if we like if we you know have a problem with this then they're just gonna like they're gonna say never mind (laughs) you know what i mean because there's to me i just feel like there's so many other choices out there so they're gonna go with the person that is like dumb enough or not uh, unaware enough to ask questions and to you know and to negotiate and to like get what you know they want or whatever so for me I'm, I'm not perfect like even with the experience that I have I'm just like I'm so anytime that my um, anytime that my lawyer is like no this is not right we need to do this or she plays hard ball like there's so many contracts with red with red all over it like that th- that needs to be changed and i'm like great they're gonna be like she Aliyah has the hardest lawyer like we're just gonna turn away and i'm so scared of that every single time but i know that it's for the best so i'm just like whatever, whatever
3: and we'll for- what's so
0: yeah what's so funny about that is like most of the time yeah. when it's negotiations it's just attorneys talking to other attorneys so they're like we when we see all those red, we underst It's like, oh yeah, okay, I can change that. It's not a big deal. Yeah. But like to artists, they're like sitting there, like, oh my god, they're gonna say no, and it's like, no, we just need to like work a couple of things out. It'll be, it'll be fine. And oh
1: my god, it is the serious thing.
3: The fear you have of, you know, botching the deal if you're too picky, has that decreased maybe over time as you've established yourself as a business more and more? You have more clout, you have more recognition, you have more following, more more revenue to where you're a little bit more confident in in sending back a red line contract. I know back probably early on, and I think for our, our viewers, I think Aliyah, you're saying these are growing pains of when you started out, you know, you were eating the steaks and taking the Uber X and stuff, and maybe the people around you, why didn't they tell you? Well, it could be a million reasons why they didn't tell you, but off the cuff, I'd probably think they didn't tell you because they get their cut off gross, not off net. So you spend all you want, and they don't. That doesn't come out of their pocket. They do. They don't care. They're 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 going to get the same amount no matter what. But you have an expense in the mix that you got to pay out. So by the time all the dust settles, you're sitting here going, "Well, hold up! Everybody took their cut before I took mine, and I had to pay everything out." So those are early gr- growing pains. Obviously, you landed on your feet here. Um, but would you would you say that it's Maybe they're larger projects, but do you have less of a fear of losing that project now that you're in the swing with, swing of it with your attorney?
1: Yeah, most of the time, most of the time, yes. Um, I there's still a couple, you know, opportunities that that. Are in my inbox, you know, um, week after week, and I'm just like, ooh, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. And there's many times where I'm just like, I want this to my, you know, to my legal, but my legal's like, but hey, it could be so much better. Like I don't even know if this is worth it. I know you want to work with these people, I know you want to work with da 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 da, but this contract looks like BS. You know what I'm saying? Or this just doesn't look right. And sometimes I will, I will say just to you guys, I will admit like sometimes I would go with a BS contract and I probably wouldn't get paid as much as I should, but it's just the experience that I want and the relationship that I want to build. So sometimes, you know, we'll take one for the team. I'll take one for, you know, the team just to, I'll act out out of faith. Let Mm -hmm. me just say, you know what I mean? And I think that, and I think that is, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But then maybe yeah I don't know you guys tell me I I don't think there's anything wrong with that like if I, it's called investing my time and investing with with faith that it'll come back and it'll all be worth it you know what I mean um, but it's very it's 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 rare so yes to answer your question yes now with the experience that I have I, knowing my value, knowing knowing my worth, knowing how much, you know, Queens and Lettles means and how much of a demand it has. It's like, if you're not gonna take this negotiation, if you're not gonna try to work with me, then I have enough mm-hmm. power to go somewhere else yep. and have somebody, yep. you know, be accepting of it and being like, hey, yes, whatever you need. Like I have way more of that than you know the bs the bs stuff now
0: so yeah i have a a couple of questions kind of coming off of your power kind of leading into another aspect of your career which is your online social media presence which is a part of your dance career so you have what like 2.5 million followers on instagram you've got millions and millions of views on youtube and i know a lot of kids these days want to grow up to be full-time influencers or full-time streamers or full-time content creators, can you talk about the translation of your following on social media as an influencer into business? Because I think a lot of people now who want to use social media as a business don't really understand what that looks like as far as like paid promotions or affiliate marketing or doing branding deals and that kind of stuff. Where did that switch for you, where you were able to capitalize on your, on your following?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's crazy because um, and I feel like, yes, listeners really need to listen at this point because I thought following was just about popularity. I thought following was just about like, hey, you're just, you're just popular and you're known and you're gonna be remembered and, and that's just that. What I didn't realize is that having a following, there's there's kind of, there's different types of following. Like are people following you because they really love you and you're like, and, and, and you have such a big influence on them and they'll listen to your every word and, you're, and, and, and are they fans? You know what I'm saying? Other followers are, you know, just there just to be there, but like you wouldn't, you couldn't persuade them to do anything or whatever. So I realized I realized the you know the two different types of following and the importance of engagement when these brand partnerships started to come and they would ask me like hey what what percentage is what percentage is like male versus female on your page or you know um, where is your following like what country what what uh, city like all of these all of these different um analytics. And I'm like, what the heck? I didn't even know that I had this. (laughs) So my business, so my profile on Instagram is a business profile where you're able to see all of the analytics. You're able to see all of like the breakdowns of your following. And, um, and it was really like mind blowing to kind of just see that and to and to really understand the people that are watching me every single day, twenty four seven, on my social media. It's real. It was it was crazy to see what the two point five million followers was. You know what I mean? Um, but then for you know for content creators, you have such a power to where to where your your die hard fans will you know kind of just you you can influence them it's just it's and, and that's why it's called an influencer so anything that you put out anything that you're using anything that you're wearing anything that you say anything that you're behind it's like 99.9% of the time your followers are going to be too and that's where that power is and and so any any shirt or any you know product that I put out it's it's such a I'm trying, I'm trying to put this all together. Sorry. I'm kind of going off on a rant. No, you're okay. Um, it's important to know for just any content creator, how valuable that is to whatever brand you're, you know, hoping to hoping to work with, or, you know, like for Nike or for, you know, just any of these big brands, like you, the influencer, the, the content creator is the value. And, and and it even goes for music labels too. I didn't really understand. Um, I guess I did, and then I didn't, but you know, music labels will now go to dancers asking them to you know, use this song for your class or use this song for your youtube for your YouTube um videos in exchange for this chunk of money. and we think that that chunk of money is like, oh, shoot, music labels are paying now. and then realizing the triple the triple amount they make after we make the content so it's um i guess i didn't i didn't realize that until maybe the when i hit a million on um on instagram to where it's like all of these all of these things were coming up and you know i it just it comes with it, it, it just it definitely comes with experience i feel like it is hard to understand if you know it's not really being done in front of you and when you're not dealing with the money and when you're not dealing with those contracts and when you're and the workload the how many posts that you have to make and how many and how long it has to be it's when these brands are controlling how you put out things i think that's when you start to ask questions can and you that's de- how it was for me
0: can you demystify what a brand deal looks like uh a little bit kind of give us an idea give listeners an idea of if i'm a brand and i come to you what do brands ask you in exchange for getting paid for a post is it a certain number of posts is it a certain uh, length of posts is a certain type of post what are they actually asking you to do
1: yeah so for usually for like an instagram post the the they would ask for they would ask for a post on your feed and they would ask for like maybe an ig story and a swipe up and all of the and then and then they would ask for a tag on not only the the picture so when you tap on the picture those tags come up but act but to be a part of your caption as well and everybody needs to understand every one every one of those spots where their name is mentioned and not just from your voice in the actual content in the video you know it's like it's everywhere anywhere that they see their name that's a different price point and i didn't realize that <laughs> i didn't feel like that coming up so i'm like you want me to t- you want me to type you know you want me to type your tag in the caption boom done you want me to put it you know in the actual picture boom done you want me to add a swipe up boom done and i'm like yo after after a certain amount of times it's like wait a second you know, because I look back at my I look back at my social media experience and my favorite influencers. I'm like, I have I feel like I have discovered many of the brands that I now shop at because of so and so and because of, you know, how many times she had posted for them and whatever the situation is. But to go back to your question, Winston, yeah, it's um, it's how many tags, like where where they're putting the tags. You know, for video, for Instagram and for YouTube, it's like how it's um the length of of the video and maybe for music, let's say, like, I need you to play this this song for, you know, two minutes and 30 or for the whole time or only for 30 seconds or whatever the situation is Um or hey for for i need you to be talking about this for one minute during your during your podcast or you know um in a a vlog i need you and your fiance to just show off this jewelry for two minutes max for this amount you know so it's just it's a whole thing that you that people just have to hone in on and like what 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 do you want your workload to be you know and like just what makes sense for whatever price and usually how I came up when I had 100K was I think every 100K was a thousand dollars for um, a social media post. So every yeah every 100K that's an extra thousand. And I don't know if that's what it is now um i don't know the logistics on it because these brands have their own way of like looking into different profiles and looking at the engagement rate and whatever whatever you know to kind of determine how much they think they're worth so yeah but that's how i came up is every 100k is a thousand dollars i needed it to
3: be simple and you have to you from from a influencer perspective The money, you know, when you're starting out $1,000 a pop to post, obviously, that's like cha-ching. You're like, okay, I'm making some money now. And you also, though, have to remember to strike that balance between advertising for all these other companies and also your content. Because I know some influencers that I followed, when they start to get into the game of selling everything on every post, I'm like, okay, this isn't why I followed you. Like where, where's your choreography? You know what I mean? Like where, where, why did I start following you? It wasn't to show me the new Gucci bag. So you got to sort of find that nice threshold of like where you're still sharing your content, but you do it like naturally with the the product placement in a way.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, now I finally, because when you look at those profiles that is selling something every freaking post, to some to someone to you know to someone from me looking at them, I'm like, damn, you're popping. Damn, you're making all this money from every freaking brand damn you got free this damn you got free that you know like I'm looking at them like, yo, you got it <laughs> you made it you made it to the top and then but then there's another there's a the next level because they're so and so who's selling QL every single post and is making all of that money because they own that brand mm-hmm. so which one do you want to be do you want to be the person the, the commercial person that's literally like you know making all this money for all of these dope brands that we all love or can you or would you rather keep all of that money and still use your influence You know what I mean? And sell your own stuff. Cause you have that same, if you have that influence to sell Nike and Neutrogena and and freaking Mac cosmetics and all of that, you have that influence to sell your own shit. Yep. And that's where I'm at right now. Cause it's, it's, it's been, it's been a progression because I died for the Nikes. I died for the Adidas. I died for the shoe dazzles. I died for them. And I finally got them and the paycheck was cute but not as cute as when I started selling my Q&L stuff and not as cute as my classes, my sold-out classes tours. So
3: So 30 seconds, shameless plug. Tell us about your products that you're selling.
1: Yay! (laughs) Okay, so Q&L apparel, right? It's not, I've I've sold merch before. I've sold clothes that had Queens and Lettos on it, but I never really, I, I never really looked at, the the brand aspect of it, you know? Like I kind of just I kind of just depended on my classes and my YouTube videos to sell the products and boy did it sell. But once when but but now I'm getting complaints over customer service. I'm getting complaints over, you know, the quality of the products. I'm getting complaints on how fast it comes, all of that. So now QNL Apparel that I will be launching very soon, hopefully by next week. In the next, by the in the next two weeks, I'll be launching this. Yes, um, I have fixed all of that. I have fixed the quality. I have fixed the customer service part of it. I have somebody that's solely going to be dealing with that. Um, it's an actual brand now, and QNL mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily have to be Queens and Lettos because I don't, because this is not just for dancers, this is for everybody with a dream, everybody that is just wanting to grow their their own themselves as a brand really because I feel like that's one of my main purposes is to show people that you don't have to you don't have to assist somebody for two plus years to have the winning ticket you do not have to wait for these brand partnerships to come in order for your in order for you to make money you are the many basically and that's kind of what q apparel is representing in its in its stylish street wear comfortable clothes and where so can we find it this is going to be available um the website is being built so don't go there now but it's q www.qnlapparel.com cool
0: what about tour when are you going back on tour are you starting that back up
1: yeah, so my first date is June 18th, 19th, and 20th in San Francisco. But don't go look for those tickets because they're already sold out.
0: Ooh. Where else will you guys be? Sorry, Wednesday. Or where are you planning to go?
1: So, So, like, as far as the cities? Yeah. So we'll be in San Francisco. Then we're going to New Orleans. Then we're going to, I think, Boston. Then I think Texas. Like, I'm all over the place. And it's kind of like... We're we are planning as we go because you know people we're only booking hotels now. That's the thing. We're not going to just dance studios. We're going to hotels because that's how many people ride for me. So we need the space. We need like we need a full. Yes, we're using the conference and banquet. Yes, banquet rooms, dance studios are too too small for me now. So, yes, our experiences are only in hotel rooms. Obviously, you know they have certain protocols when it comes to COVID and all of that. So, um, so we're still kind of just moving slowly, and you know we're uh, just going to whoever is really open right now who will accommodate us. So it'll be it'll I come. So everybody gonna... that's need, just to stay close.
2: I feel like it's not going to be too long before this tour starts just showing up on, like, actual stages at theaters and things like that.
3: That's Mm. the next branch out. (laughs) Mm.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Did Uh, I just
3: give you you an idea?
1: (laughs) Yes, you did. And it sparked an idea that I already had is eventually I I, I want Queens and Lettles all over the world. Like, I basically like how Zumba is and how Bikram yoga is like it started off with one person and now people are just certified to teach Bikram and to teach Zumba I want certified I want to create a whole like curriculum so people can be certified Q and L teachers and you're teaching it all over the world so you so now so in the future you will not have to wait for the of the Creator to come to your city or country to teach it you'll have your own certified teacher and that is it's the expansion mindset So we are on our way to our day two. It is time for some slow and sexy. What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Aaliyah Janelle, and no, in Seth. the movie, yeah, yeah. right. She has that home queen. On. Queen, queen, um. queen. So what happened? He just you said, said that, that the queen's court people are there. Yeah. He was just Love. like wanting. because I know I was
0: meant for more than just that. As a dancer, what is the intellectual property world like for you guys? Because I know for a long time... uh uh, copywriting choreography was not a thing.
1: There's no, I, I I really think at this moment there's no protection over that. There's no protection over choreography and just anything. And we have, I think SAG-AFTRA is obviously, or our agents in SAG kind of protect the dancers, you know, like the labor work. But there's nothing. I don't think there's nothing in place right now that's protecting the choreographers and in, in the actual a counts and then the actual steps and how they put it together. Because there has ver- there has been instances where, you know, people in China and in in different countries. I don't mean to call out just China, but just keep pe- just. But we've seen it there most most often, where they'll actually take our choreography and and use it for their stage performances or use it for their actual songs and it's like clearly it's literally step by step like i it's not just like oh they took my move it's not even just that it's like no you took the actual combination move after move Mm -hmm. that was Aaliyah janelle's level up sierra and you're using that for your song wait i I think
0: I i think max is about to put you on game yeah, go ahead, man.
2: Yeah, so there's there's been some really interesting changes with this in the past like only a couple months. Mm-hmm. So first off, technically copyright law in the US has has recognized choreography, but there was always this um, some kind of requirement that it that it have it had to have a a narrative component to it. So it effectively restricted copyright protection for choreography only to basically ballet. And so uh, earlier this year, maybe sometime late last year, um, Beyonce's choreographer, Jaquel Knight, was actually able to successfully register the choreography for the Single Ladies Dance, and the Copyright Office approved it, recognized it, and so that, I don't know how many people have followed, because it's only happened pretty recently, But that has opened the door now so that choreographers should be able to register their choreography as copyrights with the U.S. Copyright Office. And then you get all the same protections that any other registered copyright has, right? So while a record label has registered copyrights in their recordings, it allows them to go after infringers. If you have your choreography registered, it gives you a lot more leverage to actually A, shut that down, if that's what you want, or don't shut it down but use it to negotiate a license out of it instead wow. So jaquel is actually starting a kind of like a label but for choreographers he's calling it night choreography and music and i think his goal is to actually start like signing you know up and coming choreographers and representing them through this this kind of thing um, you're maybe. in a position where you could probably do this yourself um but you know the, the um, door has may, been open now so things may yeah you know what soon. i
1: did see that i did see that on instagram and i i don't know where i was to I, I i didn't click on it just to read about it but i did i definitely did hear that he was doing something of that nature of like you know choreography and protection and and all of that so that's amazing for him that's
3: amazing and one, one of the things too on that is you see the emergences um of dance or, or copywriting the choreography is that you, you know, fixing it in a tangible medium of expression, actually fixing it into something with the advancements of technology, they can actually now plot out points of movements, like onto paper, onto a computer. And that fixing is actually like music notes, so you actually transcribe your underlying lyrics, melody, and composition yeah. by the plot points from the dancer. And this is emerging and in, definitely into the NFT world where they're looking at that as actually owning the dance and the value of the dance off those plotted points moving forward. So that's a big shift. And I've yeah. always thought that. I mean, I think if any... any. Art is hard to make it in. It's Mm -hmm. dancing and stand-up comedy. I mean, yeah, as a musician, sure, but dancing and stand-up comedy are like the two hardest art forms to do it. So if you're doing it, I always looked at choreographers. Like, I mean, you take legendary choreographers, the people that were doing like Michael Jackson, or you take Janet Jackson's If video. You know, that kind of old stuff that we sort of all know. And there's no copyright to that blows my mind. You know, that's such an artistic expression. It was fixed in all of these tangible medium of expressions, TV, you know, like MTV, video music, where it was fixed, but it wasn't like the and industry didn't catch up to it. And challenges
1: that are going on on TikTok right now mm-hmm. and everybody TikTok challenges playing. are huge. Wow. Yeah. Okay, yeah. wait, we need to have a separate conversation because we need to like, I don't know if it's with you, Peter, or Winston, I don't know, but okay. we need, I- every single choreo that I come up with needs to be copyrighted. Yes. Like now
3: Yeah. you need to NFT so, it.
0: Yeah. And now you yeah. can put it on paper. No, for real. Like, uh, like, like, you've done who all, I know you've done, you've done choreo for Nicki Minaj. Who else have you done? Cause the list is extensive
1: yeah and i hate that question because i can't without my resume in front of me i it's like a
3: oh you can name drop oh moment. that's a great <laughs> you can name drop
1: <laughs> my mind. we
3: can all like name I feel, drop
1: i feel like i've worked with so many people but I only small like, flex i've worked
3: with so many people <laughs> i can't remember so
1: just because just because um i was gonna i was going to do something with her but then something fell out but uh jennifer lopez um yes nikki speaking of the
3: if video she's in the if video yeah
1: right right uh chris brown yeah oh well i mean
3: chris brown is i mean if you're with like he's just like the the best uh like for me like like of the dancer dancers i don't know like i mean he he's doing it up there with like michael jackson with usher with like the big dancers chris brown's insane
1: agreed and seeing it in person it's 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 insane. There's magic. nothing choreographed about him. It's literally freestyle. It's yep. literally coming from him. And then like maybe maybe like three eight a- eight counts of choreography, which is not a lot at all. Everything else that he does that we see in his videos, it's all freestyle. It's just That's coming crazy. from him. It's crazy. That's insane. But yeah, those three, I'm very proud of Tank. I'm very very proud of um, and other other artists too. Other artists as well. I'm I'm I'm. I'm grateful, but I really feel like I could say that I've done more thing, like, building up my brand has more has more, you know, credits, if you will, than, than industry. You sure. know what I mean? And I think this is the mo- the more important list. So
3: You yeah. branched out. You had that success as a choreographer, but then you turned it into an enterprise. And, like, that's the step. Exactly. Like, that's the business yes, decision. Yep.
1: Like, I was literally just saying this to a friend and please listeners do not take, do not take any offense in this. If you are, if you're a dancer, but if you just categorize yourself as a dancer, yeah. if you just categorize yourself as a dancer and that's it, it's like, Oh God, at one point it's like, Whoa. But now it's just like,
3: so what are you doing with it
1: you know right i'm not i don't know i just was not built to be because what it is it's a it's a waiting game you're you're waiting to be booked you're waiting you know for a you're waiting for the opportunities to come you're waiting on set because you're on other people's time you're waiting for them to you know to you're waiting for them to use you like everything is just a waiting game, and I'm so tired of it. You're not in control at all. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think Winton. I think you asked me this before we went on our break or whatever. Like when did I? When did I get the? And I don't know if you want to go back to this because I don't know. How go for it. Out. Yeah. But just like the expansive mindset that I have, it's you know when COVID hit, I'm like. I'm not even gonna be able to make any money now because I can't do my classes. That's my bread and butter That's where I connect. That's where people know about me. That's like my Super Bowl. You know what I mean? That's that's my Super Bowl every single weekend because Something always a couple of things always come from any of my class videos that drop. You know what I mean? If I'm not able to do that, then what the heck am I going to do And if it weren't for social media, like having that side of me and like being able to do the the partnerships and the posting or whatever, even though that doesn't make as much money as my classes, I was still able to do it from, you know, remotely. So thank goodness for that. But it's like we have to think a step farther. We have to be ready for these things to shut down. You know what I mean? but for us to still stay afloat i can't i can't have that happen again so it was a really great um a great learning experience for COVID to happen and for us to know how to navigate our way where it's like we build off of connection we build off of touch we build off of like one-on-one you know what i mean in person events so, um, so yeah, so then that shifted me to online and having my tutorials and my stuff living online and making residual income there because now it's like it's open to the world, you know, to access my classes um, off of the internet or whatever. And then I was, I'm like, that's kind of where the idea of expanding Q and L teachers out to the world came up because it's like, I can't, it, it, q l can't just be me because eventually I'm gonna get old and I'm gonna want to travel with my kids and travel with my husband and I'm gonna wanna do other things and I just can't have q l just be sitting there just because Aaliyah doesn't wanna dance because there's gonna be plenty of moments where Aaliyah's not gonna feel like dancing anymore or, or Aaliyah, God forbid, you know, it, can't anymore, whatever the situation is. So it's like, we have to, we have to think in a way to where it could literally live without her one day. So that's kind of where my expansive mindset came from of just like, if I can't do it, there's, it's still going to be, it's still going to be living somehow, some way with other people that are going to be certified by me. So that's awesome. Yeah
0: well Aliyah, we really appreciate you giving us some of your morning we know we got you up early to to sit I on here did. and talk to a bunch of legal nerds for a, a few minutes
1: you did but it was well worth it because that 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 bit that max and peter had put that game that they put me on
0: <laughs>
1: uh we're gonna have to have some separate conversations
0: right. we'll, after this. we'll chat yeah it's funny because that's that's the kind of stuff we talk about when we're just sitting on our little team's calls that's just what the three of us are sitting here talking about? Nobody ever <laughs> yeah. hears us talking about that. Kind <laughs> of stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hey, Max. Just really quick, are you guys connected with Jaquel in any way? Because I Not would Not directly,
2: I w- but I we... would love to make
1: introductions for him to come on and you know ex- kind of explain where he's at and tell his story because he's one. He's one of the choreographers that I truly respect and I still look look up to, even with all of the success that I've had. Like he's just killing it on a whole other level. So like, I feel like, you know, your viewers can really, you know, be put on to some of the information that he has. So I would be happy to, be, to make introductions. And to I him. can do this amazing.
3: the whole video. We would love to get
2: Jaquel on here and talk about his experiences registering his choreography i'm sure there were a lot of challenges and you know love to see what he has kind of coming down the pipeline obviously there's some things you're probably not going to want to share but you know
0: no that'd that'd be great conversation yeah that'd be great
1: yeah i'll make the introduction this was amazing i feel like you guys have you you guys will always have information that us creators will not and will (laughs) It's just, it'll be, it'll be good. It'll be good to keep you guys around. (laughs) Everybody who's listening or watching, these guys are so important. And they, uh, them, along with us, content creators, we can, we can literally like take over. So we, we definitely need them. Keep listening to their conversations. Keep listening to whatever they have to say. Because had I had their information starting out, I feel like I would be in a whole other place right now so um so i'm grateful to you guys so thank you for all of the information that you shared with me too and how no, you're
0: killing it right
3: now dude thank, thank you, for you for that <laughs> i mean i just let her go let her talk <laughs> that's the best oh no, really uh, uh, really. That's, that's awesome and thank you yeah. for, com- for coming on this was awesome to hear about your story in more detail and that's that's so cool i mean yeah of course
1: of course i'm always open to talking about it i love it i'm so proud of it i'm really proud of myself
3: yeah yeah as you should be that's awesome
0: all right Aaliyah, we really appreciate your time today it was so great having you on to talk about your experience your careers your ups your downs hopefully some people will take away some uh some really good information from your experience
1: yeah
0: uh and hopefully it'll help them like in the trajectory of their own careers
1: yes absolutely thank you guys so much for having me on (laughs) (laughs)
0: Queen. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys that is law in the limelight for this week don't forget every friday we have our clubhouse discussion of that week's episode topic so if you want to jump in on the conversation this week this friday email us at law on the limelight at parlatorylawgroup.com if you want to know more about our in particular our individual or as a group our law practices when we're not recording podcasts with great uh people like Aaliyah. Uh, email us or head over to parlatorylawgroup.com. All of our emails, all of our contact information is over there. You can get in contact with us if you need some help with something. Other than that, we'll see you next week with another great week of topics and conversation. I'm Winton Yates. I'm Max. And I'm Peter Spironi.
4: One of our rules is telling you about the other rules. First thing you should know Nothing we say here is legal advice And you shouldn't take it as legal advice We'll be giving our personal thoughts and opinions On various entertainment industry issues And we hope that it's informative And maybe even educational for you But if you have a specific legal issue Then I recommend Contact attorney directly and set up a consultation where they can Give you legal advice. And the second thing you should know: even though we all work for the same firm, it doesn't mean that we all speak on behalf of our whole firm. Views and opinions expressed are solely our own. The final words of warning. I will state you're in while you're watching or listening. Be aware that long the limelight may be considered attorney advertising. And that's all I have for you today. I hope you enjoy listening. So without further ado, please enjoy. Please enjoy. Long in the limelight Long in the limelight Please enjoy Please enjoy Long in the limelight